drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Whatever fatherhood is, it's certainly not what it used to be, and probably not what it will be in the future either. In fact, it largely mirrors what it is to be a man itself. And for some men, the inability to talk about these two pretty big factors in our lives, we know leads to much, much higher rates of suicide. When Liam Budge, aka Creswick, became a father in 2018, it was a profound transition and source of creative inspiration for him. In his first multidisciplinary live performance, he takes the real experiences of men and combines them with song. Creswick, welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me. You became a father in 2018. I became a dad in 2016. I really have to say that becoming a father for me came with this very lofty notion of being the leader of a pride, you know, heroically pointing at the horizon, leading your cubs onwards. But I really have to say fatherhood for me is the opposite of being a lion. It's being a donkey, you know, steady and patient and supportive, and you carry a lot of things from the car. What did fatherhood change for you? What misconceptions did you bring to fatherhood? Yeah, well, so I became a father, as you said, in 2018, and that initial entry into fatherhood was a really interesting one. We had a home birth, my wife and I, by choice. Um, so I did a lot of research and looking into to the process of actually that kind of birth stage. And I didn't really do a lot of thinking about the actual becoming a father and what that would entail. It's more than just staying in hospital. Like there's this whole bit after hospital that men exactly. just do not prepare for. And it goes for a lot longer than the birth, let me tell you. So <laughs> it, was a really, it was a really fascinating thing and it was something that, that came as a bit of a shock to me. And I started, you have to really think on your feet. You have to really kind of take these changes as they come. Um, but it was a, it was a, a very um, fast and immediate transition, obviously, into fatherhood. And it's something that I'm still kind of exploring within myself today and still, you know, uh, taking these, these amazing steps as being a father and, and just enjoying the process. So in doing this work, apart from tiredness, which we can agree will just tick that off the list, that is a commonality of, of fatherhood. What do you think some of the other commonalities of fatherhood, certainly in this modern day and age of, of being a father? Yeah, so my show, uh, in, in his words, Voices of Fatherhood, really explores some of those commonalities. So one of the major ones is, is the impact of role models. So whether that's our own fathers, whether they were present, or whether there was a lack of that father figure. Um, and also in addition to that, also the, the role that masculinity plays within our journey as a fatherhood and our ability to explore our sense of masculinity and how that impacts on our role as a father. So those are the two main things that I really explore in the work and I really feel is a, is a common experience 
and a common thing that many fathers grapple with. Because it's certainly been the case in our generation that it seems like our fathers had one foot in a different tradition. They were a little bit more tactile, but there was still that stoicism. This concept of masculinity and how it intersects with family uh, in our forebears' experiences was sort of separate. It was sort of separate from each other, if you like. So have you noticed that there is a generational part to the stories that you hear about fatherhood? Yeah, definitely. So the, the fathers that I interviewed as part of this project range in ages from 32 all the way through to mid-70s. So there is that real uh, difference of generational experience. And certainly some of the older fathers that I spoke to talked about those kind of traditional tropes of, of a father figure being unavailable and always being at work and, and never really being present within the family environment and how that they've consciously had to work against you know those role models of fatherhood uh, and then change it in their own experience and the way in which they father. So there's definitely a generational shift in the way that we approach fatherhood, and it's something that I saw within the work that I was doing. So what about today's fathers, people in our generation? Where does masculinity intersect with fatherhood for us in these interviews that you've been conducting? Yeah, so that's a, that's a fantastic question. I think one of the major things and one of the through lines that I saw with all these fathers is, especially with the younger fathers, is their real ability to, to be extremely vulnerable and to connect in with their emotions in a way that some of the older fathers expressed that they had difficulty doing. And that was a really fascinating thing in the way that vulnerability and masculinity and the importance that uh, being open-minded and open to uh, emotional responses and the way that we deal with our children, the importance that that plays. So I think that it, there is a definite correlation between that sense of vulnerability and, and the way in which it interacts with masculinity. Because you talk about the need for role models and certainly in life of, as a man there are role models for masculinity, mm. there are role models for fatherhood and not many of them kind of touch each other, they're sort of separate. I mean Bandit from uh, Bluey is probably a great example where there is that vulnerability and that you can see him being masculine as well as being a father. If you just join me on RN Drive, Creswick is here. We're talking about his new project, In His Words, Voices of Fatherhood. Now, this was conceived as a documentary theatre piece with live music. You're sort of trying to do a few different things at once here. How does it all work? Yeah, so uh, this is the first time I've combined my video creative practice and also my musical creative practice. So I've essentially filmed nine different fathers. I've interviewed them. I've filmed them with their kids. Uh, and then it presents almost as a documentary on screen. And then in response to that, I've live scored the documentary um, and also written songs, seven different songs uh, that intersperse that documentary and respond to the themes uh, that the fathers uh, are talking to. So it's kind of this beautiful symbiotic relationship between music and also the visuals on screen and really trying to create that, that broad picture of fatherhood and responding to it in a lot of different creative ways. You worked with Sydney playwright Campion Decent for the interview portion of this project. I'm curious, because of what I do, how did you learn to ask the right questions of oh. these, these, uh, these men? Campion was really incredible. So he does a lot of work within uh, the realm of verbatim theatre. Um, and so something that I really wanted to ask him is, you know, what's the process of compiling so many different interviews and then creating a, a narrative through the work with that interview uh, material? So it's essentially like, uh, you know, crafting a, a theatre piece. So that was something that I was very conscious of and something that he, he talked a lot about the process of that, making sure that the interviews weren't too long. I wasn't doing five-hour interviews with the fathers. It was all very concise, 45 
five minute interviews with each of the fathers that I spoke to, um, but very deliberately asking questions that were that were uh, speaking to the the main topic of of fatherhood and also the interesting things about those particular fathers' stories and how they were different from the other fathers that I'd spoken to. Were they forthcoming? I mean, we talk about the stereotype of men not being able to open up easily, which I do think is a stereotype, I've got to say. But were they able to share some of these moments? What was the moments that made you really go, wow, this is pretty raw? There was some really powerful moments in the interview process. Uh, all of the fathers, um, by virtue of them actually agreeing to do the project, were initially open. Uh, to initially, <laughs> until <laughs> you started probing <laughs> around in their Initial, well, personal lives. I mean, my, I, I took it very seriously to, seriously to create a really comfortable environment for them, and it was only me and them in the room, so they were able to open up. and And I made sure that it was very conversational. Uh, but some of these fathers had clearly and and mentioned it to me after the interview process is that they never actually reflected out loud about these topics of fatherhood and masculinity and they almost felt that it was this sense of release in these conversations that we were having together and I was reflecting with them and I had many of the, the same thoughts and it was really just very conversational in tone but it made me realize the power of having these conversations and the importance of platforming these conversations. You have a background in jazz. You won the James Morrison Generations Award. You've lived in New York. You've worked with jazz musicians there. How, uh, this project is really a range of styles, if you like. There's jazz, pop, folk, rock influences. Did you find that the different people that you interviewed and the different stories you heard demanded different genres? Yes, absolutely. Some of the some of the interviews, as soon as I finished the interviews, I thought, I have an idea for a song. And I went straight home and whether it was a folk singer-songwriter type song or whether it was a really angry rock song that reflected... One particular father spoke with me about the lack of his father um, figure within his life. And he had such a tortured and beautifully vulnerable response to me when I was asking him these questions. And he shared so deeply that I immediately had the inspiration for a song that ended up turning into a, a heavy-handed rock song where the whole band is on stage rocking out. I've got this incredible ensemble that's coming from all over Australia to Canberra to perform it with me. So it really allows us to, to, to travel into different musical spaces. We were talking about the need of role models. You mentioned Sting, a famous dad, among other things, and you know his influence certainly to you on music. Do you draw inspiration from other creative dads in, in your circle or otherwise? Definitely. I've, I have a lot of uh, great father figures within my own life, uh, within my own creative circles and also kind of my extended circles as well. And it is something that I consciously uh, try and talk with other fathers about. I love conversation and I gravitate towards people who are open in, in talking about these things. Uh, so it's definitely something that I try and try and talk to people about. Some, someone who I absolutely love, Hamish Blake has an incredible podcast on, on dadding at the moment. And that's really fantastic. So I try and soak up as much information as possible. Yeah, well, it's been a long time coming. We've needed to explore. You know, you talked about platforming these ideas, and it, mm. I do think that for a while there, these ideas haven't been shared openly or probably been examined. It sounds like you're doing that now. You're going to play a song from the project for us today. Tell us a bit about the song you're going to play. Great. So this is a song called Lay Me Down, and it was written about one of the incredible fathers in my project. He had a, a fascinating upbringing. He was, he was born into a very conservative family. He moved away from religion in his teenage years and got into a lot of trouble with the police. He ended up in a police cell. Uh, on the floor of the police cell, he found Jesus, ended up joining uh, a seminary, uh, training to become a priest, vowing uh, celibacy and, and chastity for his whole life. Wow. He spent six years there, and then at the end of the six years realized, actually, I think I want 
want to become a father, uh, amongst other things, and, and moved away um, and then ended up meeting his now wife and having three beautiful children. Uh, so the song uh, that I'm going to perform today, Lay Me Down, is a reflection on that moment. Wow, beautiful. Uh, that's Lay Me Down uh, in his words, Voices of Fatherhood. Uh, you can see Craswick at the Street Theatre in Canberra from Friday the 23rd of June until Sunday the 25th. And, of course, if this interview's uh, brought up any issues for you, Lifeline's available on 13 11 14. Creswick with Lay Me Down. Found God on the floor Let him know that I needed more Absolution Foregone conclusion Giving way to the weight Of the law Sirens scream in despair Cold dulls the night Giving into fright Fears of directionless care So lay me down Upon your stone And give me peace Give me strength Give me hope Give me love So lay me down Upon your stone And give me peace Give me strength Give me hope Give me Was it you, or spirit? Did I feel you or fear it? I called your name And into my arms you came, you came, you came, you came Oh, you came So lay me down Upon your stone and Listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.